A very warm welcome to you all. Uh, my name's Chris Oakley and this is episode, uh, what would be 13, I guess it is, uh, episode 13 of the Football Attic Podcast. And a very good of you to spend the next hour or so with us as we talk football nostalgia once again. And by us, of course, I mean myself and my Football Attic co-blogger, Rich Johnson. How's it going, Rich? Hiya! <laughs> it's going all right. It's going all right. I'm getting a sense of deja vu again because we do these things back to back. So we've just finished recording the last one. Yeah, it's number 13. Ah. Oh, it's unlucky for some. Although actually, ah. judging by 12, I'd say that was the unlucky one so far. Well, just uh, probably they're unlucky for all of our listeners, so no matter which one it is. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, excellent news. Uh, it's very good of you, uh, as I say, to join us. Um, hopefully you've uh, listened in to us before. If you uh, haven't, then welcome aboard. If you have, uh, well, welcome aboard. Um, basically, this uh, following on kind of from the last podcast where we were talking about playing football, we're going to uh, take a similar kind of personal angle on this uh, rather than talking about something like uh, sticker albums and Sabutio and stuff. We're going to be taking a personal angle. Uh, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about watching football and we're not talking about on tv really although we may accidentally make reference to seeing football on tv uh, we're actually talking about going along to watch a match in person in the flesh you might say uh, so uh, we're going to be talking about uh, going to see our our favorite clubs and also going to maybe away matches of some description um, grounds that we've been to and stadia that we like and all manner of different things it will probably spill spill over into all kinds of different areas so that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll also be reading out one or two of your messages that we've received uh, a bit later on in the pod. So, first of all, Rich, I shall think of this as a sort of therapy session. I'm going to get you to regress <laughs> back many years. So, uh, just uh, lay back on the couch. And um, I'm going to ask you, first of all, if you can remember your first match that you went to in person. Uh, I need uh, the following details. Where did you go? Who did you go with? When? And what do you remember about it? I'll give you uh, 45 seconds, no more. Time starts now. Oh, crap. Um, no, no, no. Oh, sorry, no, no, sorry. Uh, forget the last <laughs> bit. Sorry. You've got, take your time. Take your time. I've got an hour uh, to fill, for God's uh, sake. Oh, the pressure. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell me about um, your mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you already know her. <laughs> your mama. Anyway, um, so we've got to 13 podcasts and we've made the first Yo Mama joke. Brilliant. Um, my first ever match was... The first match you went to, yeah. Yes, yes, it was. It was Highfield Road and it was Coventry versus Leeds in the end of the 95-96 season. Um, so I didn't actually go until I was 21. Um, okay. Mainly because as a child I've been too scared to go to football because it was all scary and there were lots of scary mm. people there and it was hooligans and every single match you went to yeah. you'd get killed in my <laughs> head that yeah. i mean I, I could i could have gone uh, to watch liverpool as a child cause as, as people might know half my family from liverpool and my um my cousin's husband uh, was the season ticket holder. i think he still is season ticket holder at anfield and uh, i had the chance to go and stand on the cop when it was still oh. around i think i've mentioned this before um but he kind of he you know Bearing in mind I was kind of scared enough about football as it was, he would tell me all about the cop and he would tell me how mm. the basically used to get crushed and that people <laughs> that needed the toilet would just roll up a newspaper and piss in it and he used to tell me about <laughs> the Golden River. And somehow that didn't actually make me want to go. You know, so, <laughs> so several that. times when I'd go up there on an Easter weekend, I could have gone to watch them either on the bank holiday Monday or the Saturday and I always declined. Something now <laughs> I deeply regret because I'd love to have uh, gone. Yeah. But no, I turned it all down. So I didn't go until I was 21. Uh, and then it was an end of season, uh, meaningless game, because I think Cobb were already safe by that point. 
and it was against Leeds, and it was nil-nil, and it was crap. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed the whole occasion, um, but the game itself was rubbish. Um, yeah. But it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it, and it kind of it, it really did give me a, a taste for going. I, I, to this day, never bought a season ticket, because I just can't justify spending that much money on going to watch mm. football. And maybe yes. if I was, you know, a fan of a team that was mildly entertaining to watch at times then I'm, I might have considered it but you know it's calm and it's like kind of I'm not going to spend £300 a season on uh, on kind of watching Coventry so and I don't get always get to go as well so I was mm. like I'm justifying yep. this <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I am sorry I'm sorry I didn't buy a season ticket um, but yeah it did give me a taste and, and, but it took me ages to actually go and see a match where we scored because the next one I went to was the season's opener the following year where we got whooped 3-0 by Forrest Oh. So I wasn't I wasn't happy. I think that, and I think I didn't go again until the end of the season. And I, I'm mm. trying to think who that was against. I think I went to see the last two home games of that season as well. And I think we finally won. I think we finally scored a goal, and then we finally actually won. So yeah, <laughs> I was I was like a curse. <laughs> um, I, and what do you remember about like Highfield Road? Because obviously it's it's a place that's um, now faded into. You know, all Coventry fans' collective memories and a place that I'm sure many of them would like to go back to and, and you know, for, for Coventry still to be playing there. But what do you remember about the place as a, as a stadium, as a venue? Um, I remember because my first match that I went to see was in the West Terrace, which was, was previously a, as, it, as the name suggests, it was a terrace. And mm -hmm. all they'd done was literally bolt seats onto the terrace. So yeah. I remember it being incredibly cramped. It was literally like the, the seat distances were so short. Um, <laughs> And I just remember sitting there with, with, with my knees being cut into by the chair in front. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really liked it. I, I, I mean, I, I do have a very a, a soft spot for Highfield Road. Um, and there's a lot of debate about whether we should have moved to the Rico. I couldn't understand the reasons why. Because um, everyone was doing it at the time. It seemed to be a great way to increase mm. uh, attendance and, you know, kind of boost economies and stuff like that. Obviously, mm -hmm. it helps if you own the stadium and have access to the match day revenues, but you know, <laughs> otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I actually liked Highfield Road. The, the couple of things I really liked about it was I used to be able to park in town cheaply. I used to park in the uni car park for about 50p. Um, <laughs> and then I'd walk there, and I, I liked the walk there as well. I mean, even though Highfield Road's in, you know, kind of one of the, not one of the nicest parts of town, it's not too bad, but it's, you know, as in as are most football grounds that are in inner cities they mm -hmm. tend to be you know quite close to the city centre and in the kind of the, the less lubrious surrounding <coughs> yes um, uh, but it was nice and it, it was a great you got a really good communal feel walking up you know because there was lots of other fans and, and because it's one of those old fashioned grounds where it's in, in amongst houses and stuff it was great because you'd come in one way and then you know you'd come to a crossroads and there'd be like hundreds of fans coming the <laughs> other way and then like yeah. a load of and it was just like this great you know this really good sense of of everybody there going to watch a football match. And, the, and I think the, the funny thing is, despite the fact that there was actually a pitch invasion um, at the end of the season on that first match I went to, because I think some of the leads in the Cov fans had pre-organised a fight or something, yeah. um, it wasn't scary. So I'd kind of got over all that ridiculousness. And, and I just really enjoyed... I mean, not that particularly fans were particularly talking to each other or anything. There was no great, you know, I won't say it was like this big camaraderie thing, but there was just mm. that collective sense of we're all Cov fans, we're all going to watch a match. And I just really enjoyed it. I just... Like I said, the walk there was one of the highlights of it. I mean, often yeah. football wasn't a highlight. But just, I don't know, just, it's so different watching football live from watching it on the telly. It's just, mm. 
And up until that point, unless you've ever done it, you don't realise how different it is. Because, I mean, obviously, yes, you lose out on some things. You don't get to see replays. You don't get to see great camera angles. And sometimes your view can be a bit crap. I mean, one of the times yeah. I went to Highfield Road, I was in, um, I think it was the, the North Stand. And that had pillars in it. And I think we were kind of high up on one side. So you kind of almost side onto the action. And there was a pillar in the way. It's not brilliant, but <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of get over it. And it's just it's just the atmosphere you get from being there. Well, sometimes it can be flat, but other times it can be fantastic. And it's just absolutely, it's just compl- a completely different world. So anyway, that's enough of hmm. me rambling on. What was what was your first match then, Chris? And- uh, <clears throat> um my first match was um, it was West Ham versus Orient. Not even late in Orient. This was in the time when they'd forgotten where they came from, um, so they didn't bother with a with a latent bit. Um, and this was, it was Boxing Day, nineteen eighty, twenty um, sixth of December, nineteen eighty, and um, West Ham were in the second division at the time, um, as as indeed they often were in the uh, sort of seventies and eighties. Um, and basically, I went along with my cousin, my cousin whose name was Keith. Um, and he was, I, I see, I'd have been nine then, and um, he was probably about seventeen, I think, at the time. And no doubt, his mum and dad, my aunt and uncle, my aunts, Aunt Sylve and Uncle Fred, bless them, uh, they must have sort of coerced him. Sort of said, take, take Chris along, because he, I think, he used to sort of go along to West Ham to to watch games quite regularly, uh, even at such a young age. And they probably sort of said, take Chris along with him, uh, with you one day, just you know. Just, Bring him over, and we, you know, just get take him along to the match. Never been to a football match before, um, so that's what happened, and it was all organised. And um, so I went over to Keith's house uh, on that day, and um, I don't remember a huge amount from it, if I'm honest. I was, as I say, I was only nine, but um, but I can remember catching the bus. We were on the top deck of a bus. I think it was a number eighty-seven bus, uh, which took us up the, the sort of five or six-mile journey uh, to Upton Park. And I remember setting. We set off really early, like probably about twelve o'clock, <laughs> for a three o'clock kickoff. And I, I can only guess, <clears throat> excuse me, that Keith, probably with all his experience, probably thought, well, you know, there's going to be a lot of traffic. Anyone who's ever ever been to Upton Park will know that it's just horrendous on match days. It's basically a stadium in the middle of the really one of the most densely populated areas of London, probably. Uh, houses as far as the eye can see and any, anyone who's ever seen a West Ham game on TV will, will know that you see this kind of view very often of these tower blocks, these blocks of flats in the background which kind of you know tells you all you need to know really. so thousands of people living nearby, cheek by jowl with this stadium um, and so we, I think we'd set off really early to beat the crowds and um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I remember we got there and went in into the stadium, and this is, and we're still talking to terraces. There, no seats, um, and the place was deserted. Which is kind of so, like you know, got there six years before the game was due to start, um, and just sort of standing there and, and um, thinking, like, you know, how how long before the game starts? We're just sort of sit, sitting around, and at one point, Keith sort of said, "Well, I'll, you know, I'll go off and get us something to eat." And kind of left me sort of sat there, pretty much with the stadium to myself. And I, I remember looking around and say, bearing in mind again, say this is the first time I've ever been inside a football stadium. It was slightly intimidating, even though it's empty. It had a really odd alien kind of feel to it, really. Um, I'd never been anywhere like that before. And um, 
I don't remember much else after that. And I, I remember the game been going on. And because I was only nine, I had to kind of arch my neck up to sort of look over people to see what was going on on the pitch. We were in the West Stand at the time, which is kind of the main, really, really the main stand. Um, and, um, yeah, struggling to sort of see what was going on. But the the highlight of my afternoon, and this probably sounds a bit sad, but from a football nostalgia fanatics point of view this was a real kind of tick in the box for me really I remember at some point looking back over my shoulder and looking right to the back of the top tier of the stand and I could see this camera this television camera and this guy's bald head and it suddenly dawned on me that that was Brian Moore and um, they'd actually taken the big match cameras to the to, to Upton Park that that day to film um, West Ham versus Orient, and uh, if if people can't quite figure out why I sound so elated and excited about this, of course this was in the day when you wouldn't expect, you didn't feel you had a God-given right to see your teams, uh, the, the highlights of your team playing the previous day on TV. Like now, you got the Football League show, you got Match of the Day, you got whatever Sky and all the rest of it, on, at least in the UK, and of course you can see highlights of pretty much every single game that took that, that takes place over a weekend there's it'll get shown somewhere um but in those days of course something like the big match or match of the day would have highlights from maybe only two or three games and that was it um the if you if your team wasn't involved in any of those three games and you had it you wouldn't get to see your team playing but that's what you were used to it wasn't really much of a shock so if your team was featured as it was for me this day um, it was amazing. I just thought, wow, it's, we're going to be on TV. And it was going to be on that night because that was in the period when uh, the big match big match was on on Saturday nights. Usually, for most of its history, it was on on Sunday afternoons, as many people will know. Um, so I got a big kick out of that. That was that was tremendous. Um, but I totally get what you're saying about um, you know the threat of kind of hooliganism and stuff. I mean, this was 1980. I mean, a real kind of like the peak, if, if anything, of um, when it was all going on back then. Um, and luckily, thankfully, um, I didn't see any violence or anything like that on the day. Partly, I think, probably because of the fact that it was—it's—it's it's a sort of friendly rivalry. Um, it's like a friendly local derby, if you like, between West Ham and Orient or Leighton Orient. Um, I say friendly. I mean, probably the two sets of fans hate each other's guts, but it doesn't boil over to the to the extent where there's a big fight going on every uh, you know after the game or whatever. Um, so. Went to went to the match. We won three one, as I remember, on the day. So that was good. And went back to Keith's house. And part of the deal was that I would sleep over there for the night. Uh, and big, big sort of thing for me. Really, I didn't sort of uh, very often have sleepovers at other people's houses. But it was usually, if it did happen, it was usually at my cousin's house or something like that. Um, and um, so I sort of stayed there that night, slept over, and on that night, of course, we watched the big match and and saw West Ham playing. And it was and because the, the 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 TV cameras were on in the same stand as where I was uh, sitting, uh, sorry, standing rather. Um, it was almost like the camera had been positioned exactly where I was stood, and it was just amazing. It was like a real sense of deja vu. I think this is really odd seeing <laughs> seeing this game that I'd seen only this, you know, earlier on the same day. And then the final kind of kick of nostalgia in the whole thing was um, waking up the following morning on the Sunday morning and watching it then again 
on this strange device that they called a video cassette recorder, um, <laughs> which uh, uh, they got theirs like 10 years before we got one in our family. We were a bit sort of slow on the uptake with those things, never really had the money to spend on fancy uh, kind of gadgetry like that. But um, but this was in this was when VCRs were sort of coming in. And so I remember the following morning watching it back and then playing with the buttons like the freeze frame, which of course wasn't a freeze frame because they were like, juddering like they had some kind of strange kind of <laughs> you know, disease, um, and and you know fast forwarding and stuff like that. Just funny things you remember, but um, yeah. So there you go. That was my first game. Um, so um, so did you go very often to Coventry? Because I'm, I'm a bit of a kind of lightweight when it comes to talking about going to see matches. I didn't really go and see that many in my day, but it sounds like you were a bit more regular than me. No, I wasn't. No, <laughs> no, no I, I was a total lightweight as well. I went, um, I think once once I got into it, I'd probably go about four or five times a season, um, and I mm. usually tend to go um, for the sort of cup match. I think my first my first couple of years ago, and I was still a student, so I could get in cheaper because they did like a, a discount. I think the first time I ever went that the match against Leeds, that was about twelve quid, mm-hmm. um, and I could get in cheap because I got a student discount and then after that I wasn't a student so I couldn't get a student discount um, but one of my mates um, at work my, my boss at the time he was uh, I think it was a couple of years later in the late 90s he was, uh, he was a Man U fan but he had a season ticket at Cov um, and there was a couple <laughs> of times yeah exactly well you know you don't go and watch his local team now um, but there was a couple of times when he um, couldn't make the match so he'd give me a season ticket book and I could go which was great. So I got to mm-hmm. watch. I actually, ironically, I think one of the games I got to watch was uh, against Man United in the League Cup. Yeah. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> so I actually, I actually got to see his team playing his other team um, for free, yeah. and that was that was bizarre because I think that was the first time I'd been in the main stand as well because he had a season to get in the main stand. And of course, you know it was the old chant of boring, boring main stand was there. So, but <laughs> I, I, I see. I never got that because I've never. I was never part of the terrace culture or anything. So I no. don't know, even now. Sorry, but I prefer to watch my football from the side, you know, where I get a good view of it. I can't stand mm-hmm. the end of pitch view because it's just. Cause I went to watch, uh, the last match I went to see that I had to sit at the end of the, the thing was um, against, I think it was an England friendly against Hungary a couple of years ago. Um, and it was the first time I'd watched a football match from that end for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you, know, just, you just, you lose your sense of perspective. And like when someone scores mm-hmm. a goal, you kind of, it's everything's flat. You know, I remember yes. Stevie Gerrard scored a, a cracking goal at the other end. But from what we looked, it looks like he just literally wandered it in a straight line, parallel <laughs> with the goal, and just put the ball about a foot in front of him, and that was it. Because it's all flat yeah, at that end. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I I never went for that whole kind of you know you've got to be in the end. And I, I know it's still very. And the funny thing is actually at the Rico, uh, the the it's almost it's there's a particular corner now which is kind of almost taken on that role mm. of being the old terrace. Um, yeah. Uh, but again. I generally sit as far, to, you know, as close to the centre line as I can to get the best yeah. view. And, um, and, and do you prefer on. sort of high up or close to the pitch? I prefer high up. Um, yes. I think the the seats, because I went quite a few times uh, last season to watch Cov. Um, I've tried to get to all the cup games. Basically, any time they were discounting the tickets, I would try and get along. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I'd, I'd take the steps in with me, and he's and that's the funny thing is, is that like my steps got introduced to. Uh, watching football live uh, around about the sort of same age that I got into football full stop so he's actually experienced it as a child um, yeah. whereas I never did because you know, my, my family weren't into football at all um, but yeah so I, I went a few times last season and then I, I think I was in about oh, I can't remember row PP or something which is like mm-hmm. 
probably about four fifths of the way up the stand, and it's actually yeah. you don't realise until you get there because they're quite they're quite deep the stands at the Rico. They didn't look it, but when you get there, you realise how far up it is. Yeah, and you, when your nose you starts did, to bleed. Yeah, exactly. You did get a good view, but it's like because um, most of last year I, I had my dodgy knee until it got operated on. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, see previous podcast. Yeah, and of course the bloody operation was on the the same day that we played the bloody. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying. Yeah. Yes. So I missed that one, even though the ticket was gutted. That it was a great game as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, it became a bit of an issue because I wanted to get a good view, but it was absolute agony climbing up there, and worse still, going down again. So it's like oh. you know, after the match is finished, and we used to try and sort of miss the rush. So we'd, you know, literally as soon as the final whistle went, we'd sort of leg it, but I, I couldn't <laughs> leg it very easily. <laughs> it's like kind of hobbling down. You get to that point where you sort of you going down too quickly and you think oh god i can't stop but i've got i've got no pat no strength in my knee so you can't stop so you end up sort of like <laughs> hurtling down the steps but, um, but I, I, like i say at highfield road I, I watched in quite a few different i watched in in all four sides of the ground hmm. and um again the main stand you got the best view um but it was i, I didn't really mind actually highfield road it, 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 I, I suppose it felt a lot more connected it was felt a lot because it was a lot smaller yeah. it didn't matter where you were you still felt quite close to the pitch mm. yes but, yeah, um, yeah. I mean when was when was the last time you actually went to a match because I'm guessing I've, I, I'm, in, I'm talking England here I'm not talking about music uh, <laughs> does, it doesn't count no no no, no. Um, I, the last West Ham game I got to was probably I'm uh, just trying to think um, might have been near the start of 2000. 12 or maybe was it 11 I know I think it was we were just still West Ham was still in the championship at the time because it was um, a home game against Leicester um, but it would it wasn't that long really before I left because uh, I left the UK in September 2012 so um, it was it seemed not long before that um, and that was a, a similar I think that was a 3-2 win I've been quite lucky actually with results in terms of um, getting to see West Ham nearly every time uh, I've went, I've gone gone to see them. They've either won or drawn. Very rarely have they lost. Uh, so um, you know, I just want to right here and now claim my share of uh, all the club successes over the last you know thirty forty years or so. Um, I did my bit. Um, but yeah, um, so so fairly recently, I didn't get the chance to go and see them in the uh, Premier League before I before I left the UK, which is a great shame. But you know. I probably by the time I get back to the UK, probably they'll be um, in the Olympic Stadium by that that time. That'll be a whole different experience, I suspect. But um, let's not uh, ponder too much on that. All these whys and wherefores. Um, so I mean, um, it's, it also sounds like you sort of, as you say, you sort of sat in different parts of the ground and stuff like that. I, I would have to say, for me, and most of the time I do go to the West End at uh, Upton Park. Once I was in the south stand i think what is that the is that the trevor brooking stand i think that might be um and yeah behind one of the goals essentially uh, a friend a colleague of mine wasn't able to go along it was an fa cup fourth round game we're playing sheffield united who at that point is going back probably best part of 10 years this was around the time when um uh sheffield united got relegated um as a result of the whole kind of indirectly as a result of the whole Mascarano and Tevez thing, you know, the dodgy deal with that. Um, so Sheffield United had a bit of a chip on their shoulder about West Ham for a while. Um, so that was a quite a good atmosphere for that one. And the one thing I remember from that game is um, Sheffield United were playing in this kind of uh, luminous 
orange away kit at the time. They had these bright, searing orange um, uh, uh, shirts as their away kit. And this chant went up and said, Team full of stewards, you're just a team full of stewards. Because they were all wearing luminous orange jackets at the same time, which I thought was quite witty. Um, so, um, and we won that game as well. So, um, but yeah, generally, generally West End for me. And, and as you say, a bit like yourself, if sitting high up is, is pretty good. Um, just a you know, real overall view of the pitch. Um, so, yes. Oh, very good. So when you go along to football, so do you, is there a particular kind of, well, I want to say rituals. I mean, are there particular things that you'd like to do? Like for when I go, I always have to buy a program, even though it's sort of full of waffle a lot of the time and filler material. But I just feel like that's part of my thing. And, um, yeah, maybe grab something to eat maybe on the way in, some second-rate burger of some sort. I mean, what, what are the things that you do when you go to football? Um, yeah, I always get a program, or try yeah. to anyway. Um, I think there's only been a... I think I went to one match recently and they'd sold out. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I can't have that. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but yeah, usually um, my, my pre-match ritual these days is parking the car. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one thing I did like, again, that I preferred with Highfield Road, is that you could park in town and walk. Whereas mm. where the Rico is, um, you can there's, well, there's no really where to park because they've designed it like that on purpose to get people to use public transport. Yeah. Because there are loads of buses that go to the Rico at that time of the night. More <laughs> um, so you can either pay to park uh, in the Rico itself, um, although car parks A and B, the ones on the same side of the road as the Rico, are both full most of the time. So you have to park in car park C, which is over the bridge. Um, or you can park in Tesco's car park next door, but then you run the risk of getting a fine and getting told <laughs> off. Um, <clears throat> or I mean, it, you, when they opened it, it, used to be that so long as you spent twenty five quid on shopping or something, yeah. then you could park there. Um, so that was fine because I would just go in and buy, you know, some stuff that I needed for dinner anyway. Well, I was um, just going to say you just you just put a bag of shopping on the back seat just so it looks like you've been in there and have done with it. Well, the other thing is generally because I either don't fit into most um, uh, sort of replica shirts, I generally will go to the football not wearing a replica shirt anyway. <laughs> so it's a lot easier. If you're going just you and your stepson, it's a lot easier to just look like you're going shopping. Um, and to be honest, if you say, I'm going shopping to the guy on the gate, yeah. what is exactly is he going to do? He's not going to go, <laughs> no, you're not. Because, you know, I, yeah, like, I mean, to be honest, even if you were wearing a replica shirt, it's a bit of a coincidence, but there's no way they can prove you're not going shopping. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, but anyway, and and the only other thing they've increased, they've enforced like a parking ban for non-residents within like about a sort of mile or so uh, radius yeah. of the stadium. Which, to be fair, is, is fair enough because otherwise people's I mean streets get clogged up with with people Absolutely. going to match free. Um, yeah. When I first went to the Rico, I had a, a one of my friends at the time where I worked. Um, she lived in the zone and she wasn't mm. going so she had, she gave me her parking pass for the day which was quite good um, but most of the days in honestly these days I just pay and park at the Rico because it's just easier because um, yeah. with my with my dodgy knees any kind of long distance walking is not good no, I've, already got, I've already got about 28 steps to climb up to start with so <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah actually it'd be more than that it's about 40 steps that's a lot 39 steps um, <laughs> so, sounds uh, like a good so, name for a film yeah, it does, doesn't it? Or, or indeed, a feature of the old Wembley. <laughs> well, if you like, yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's my ritual is that, parking and then walking to the ground. Often I'll get, you know, we might get some chips or something, but I don't mm -hmm. generally get the food or anything. Might get a drink, but generally I don't. Um, I just kind of, I like to get there 
early enough so that there's not a major hassle. Um, so yep. that I can just literally walk in. I mean, thankfully at the Recoats, to be honest, it's never that busy. I think the worst was when we were in the Johnson's Paint Trophy area final last year mm. and the place filled out. Um, and mm. it was just, it was quite funny because they hadn't got a clue what to do. They were really <laughs> lucky. The club were just, they, they still kept a load of turnstiles shut. So there was massive queues outside. People were coming in 20 minutes into the game because they you know, turned, turned up at the last minute expecting to walk through the gate. Um, mm. It was just an absolute logistical nightmare. But, yeah. you know, added to the atmosphere. I didn't care because I was there. The annoying thing was that the amount of times we had to bloody well move for people because you, know, you have to stand up and let them on the row or the amount mm. of people milling around in front of you because they couldn't find the seats because a lot of people had just gone and sat in seats that weren't theirs <laughs> because they just got into the ground couldn't be bothered. And it's, mm. like, it's, it's bizarre as well because you had people who were turning up late who obviously had tickets for a specific seat and I think that I'm not sure if the ones they sold on the door had a specific seat on them or not so they were <laughs> okay. just selling by number so people who had tickets were turning up late or certainly getting there later and mm. then finding that people who didn't have number tickets were in their seat and then there was like, <laughs> some like people a nightmare. move it was a bloody nightmare and it was it was a farce really because like I say you know it's not like you know <laughs> they knew the place was going to be busy I mean even before the, the people on the walk-up we'd already sold you know we'd already almost sold out so they knew it was going to be probably a sellout so mm. I don't know they just they just didn't seem able to cope with it but I don't care because I was sitting in the ground I was just getting my baldy <laughs> idiots milling around in front of me trying to find their seat who you know kind of were getting <laughs> in my way of watching the football there's always Which, one isn't there yeah I mean then we lost it three so yeah, I don't really Moving have on. a rematch ritual. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I must admit, I say I, I, I like to get a program. And I never really done the whole fanzine thing, strangely enough. I never kind of quite got into that. Um, but would get a program, and then I would always like to get something to eat at, at half time. Maybe as you say, some chips or something. But um, it's always packed, as you probably know, in a in a league ground like that. You know, you sort of. Um, Go go into the toilets, going to get something to eat, something to drink. It's just like the worst thing ever. It just queues for miles around. You know that old poster they used to have for uh, the, the Conservative Party that said Labour's not working. It would be like that. Queues coming out of the gents' toilet, going for miles, snaking off into the distance. Um, so, yeah, I was usually kind of denied that opportunity to, to grab something to eat at half time. But the standard of the food actually is just um, is very, very dubious. Um, uh, hot dogs at football grounds I just think should be banned because I've not eaten a decent hot dog anywhere once yet I think they just make them up from you know reconstituted football programs that nobody bought so they just kind of you know mush them down in a big kind of tub with with with, with the drainings from the toilet and then just kind of you know, um, just I don't know just hot dogs are just anathema I mean the classic of course is you go for a pie um, pies are okay I guess um, I think in, in some ways, from what little experience I've had, it seems like pies are better the lower down the league you go. I've been to one or two kind of lower league matches. They just seem to kind of be better somehow. And the, you go to West Ham and they kind of certainly used to years ago. You should just sort of get some kind of second rate crap from some factory down the road, probably. Um, I was going to make a, a metaphor there about kind of cats that have gone missing. But anyway, I won't, um, <laughs> won't bother with that. Um, so yeah, um, and Bovril. I must admit, I, if I get a chance to have a Bovril, a cup of Bovril on, on on match day, oh, can't beat that. So How about I, yourself? I can honestly say that's that's two things I've never had a football match: is a pie or a Bovril. <laughs> Classic just, combo. I'm not not a great fan of pies, and 
don't like bother, so that's never going to happen. <laughs> but, um, but I totally agree about the food. I mean, I just generally try not. Like I say, if I'm going to get food at a match because I'm hungry or something, I will do it before I go in. Uh, yeah. Because I just, I don't think, ever since I've actually been to like any football matches, I think the only time I've ever bought food was when I went to watch Solihull Borough. And that's just because they have a little <laughs> nice little tuck shop at the back. <laughs> so I was like, tea in a polystyrene cup. Or I think actually one time they do have a burger van there. Um, yeah. But even there, because it was like the only burger van in the ground, even though there's like 300 people watching, um, it's like, <laughs> it still gets busy. But occasionally, the, the tuck shop's great because it is actually called a tuck shop. And it's, uh, hey. at, the back, it's a, at the back of the terrace and it's just literally a hole in the wall and they've got yeah, things excellent. like... But it's great because they've got like sweets. I, I swear that it's, it's, it, I swear it is actually a tuck shop from the 1980s because they've got <laughs> sweets that like, you know, fizzy lances and things like that that you generally just don't see at football. So I like it, you know. Forgotten world of confectionery. Yeah, a quick, a quick Snickers at half time, you know. Oh, it's great, that is. That's, I is, love all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <coughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't bother generally with food because of the queuing time. It's like, mm. you know, even if you, I mean, you see all the people that leg it down to either go to the toilet or go to uh, um, like get some food or something, and they usually leave about ten minutes before the end of the the first half. And you think, yeah. if that's that's how much you have to do, you know, that's how early you have to leave. What's the point? I just yeah, no try point. and make sure that I don't need anything. Um, yeah. But I'm, I suppose the thing is nowadays, of course, like in the concourse, you've got the match on the telly, so mm-hmm. people just yeah. sort of go and just watch the match on the telly instead of you know just sitting in the stand until half time. But yeah, I don't really see the point. So if you go to a match, watch it. Watch the match. You know, watch the match in front of your eyes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, actually, I have to say on the on the subject of um, food, um, I remember this is going back to about the mid nineties. Um, there was a colleague of mine, Gary Miles, and he was an Arsenal supporter, and uh, he knew a fellow. One of his one of his mates had a season ticket, and this was at Highbury. This would have been in the old days of Highbury. Um, had a season ticket, and occasionally. Um, I think he had some, forgive me, I probably sound like such a wet weekend. Um, <clears throat> I think if you've got a season ticket, you can then buy another ticket for like a reduced price or something like that. Or I think that was the kind of deal. I'm sure that's probably the kind of thing that goes on these days. Um, so what would happen sometimes is that um, Gary's friend couldn't go. So therefore he would say to uh, Gary, there you go, have my ticket for this week. Um, and then I've also bought a ticket for my dad, but because I can't go, he's not going. So here's two tickets. So Gary would find himself occasionally like in the wonderful, fortuitous position of having two tickets to go and see an Arsenal match. And so sometimes Gary would sort of say, "Well, you know, doing anything on Wednesday night, and we'll go and go and see a match." And um, it was great. Uh, Highbury was a fantastic stadium, actually. Um, was lucky enough to go probably about half a dozen times with Gary, uh, even on a couple of occasions, going to see um, like Cup Winners' Cup games because they were, I think we saw um, Arsenal versus Palmer one night, and that was great. That was a tremendous atmosphere. And I think there was another European game as well, but I can't recall who that was against. Um, but um, yeah, similar sort of deal with that. He would basically we would drive all the way around the North Circular, which is for anyone who doesn't know, sort of London is a huge, great long road. Uh, it gets you from one part of London to another, um, as most roads often do in the London area. I mean, it's kind of like like East London to North London is what I'm kind of getting at. And he would park up down this very anonymous, dark, dimly lit road, side road, and then 
having got out of his car, we would then have a, like a 20 minute hike and he would, he would, he just had this photographic memory for knowing all the back roads in the kind of London, uh, the, the sort of Highbury area. And we would just be walking at great speed to get to the stadium on time. And, and we always got there. And um, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have been, it would have taken me about two hours to get there from car to stadium, but he knew all the back roads and we'd get there. And on arrival, um, he'd say almost every time, Gary, you'd say, um, fancy a donkey burger. And it, this would make me laugh no end. And I was just, because bearing in mind we're talking Arsenal, but you'd look and there was this burger van and it would have donkey burgers on written on the front. So it wasn't just his own name for it. It was that was the actual name of the of the burger van, burger hut thing, and presumably named after Tony Adams, donkey as he was known. But I always had this dubious suspicion that maybe donkey was kind of owing to the contents of the burger. But um, Yes, and I, and I think there were reports of many a person who actually got a burger from that van and found themselves rather attached to the toilet for the next few weeks. Uh, so <laughs> I always, I was always, always kind of steered a bit clear of that particular burger van. But um, yes, donkey burgers um, <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, anyway, um, what else? What should we talk about? What else? We um, oh, non-league. I was going to mention. That's right. So you sort of mentioned. Uh, was it Solihull Borough? So, Solihull Borough, as it was at yes. the time. They're now, they're now Solihull Moors. Because they yeah. they merged with another team, um, mm-hmm. something Green Moors or something. I don't know what they were called. <laughs> um, but yeah, they. That, I mean that that was an interesting experience. It was my my mate that um, sort of used to live in the area, and when he used to come up, because um, I think he lives down south now. And when he used to come mm-hmm. up, we used to go and watch a match on a on a Saturday, and it was it was fun. I mean, it was like you know five quid, I think five or six quid for adults to get in. The kids were free if they were accompanied by an adult. So mm-hmm. we used to take the kids along for a couple of times, and <laughs> they were fine. You know, I mean. To be honest, they weren't really into the football, but they they were fine because it was like a big, because it's like Lon Lee. You can just walk all the way around the ground. You can go oh, yeah. wherever you want. You can sit in the main stand if you want. You can go in the terraces. So we used to get stand on the terraces, and the kids would just run around. They'd like find some other kids that were there and just play for about an hour and a half. You know, while I stood there freezing my ass off watching <laughs> kick and rush football. <laughs> there's one there's one time we went there, and it was it was um, I think it was like in the, the in what's known as Twixmas. Uh, in between like Christmas and New Year, <laughs> and it was utterly freezing. I, I yeah. think it was about minus five or something. Yeah. And I was standing there, and I, I had a coat which had like upright pockets on it. So they weren't pockets you could slide your hands into. They were pockets. I had to sort of put mm. my hands in, you know, d- down the front, and it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I hadn't brought my gloves, and oh. I was just—it was just agony. I literally was just standing there in, in utter sheer pain for an hour and a half. And and I, I don't even know if you. Were, I can't even remember what the bloody match was. I, I, I have no idea because <laughs> I just yeah. wasn't concentrating at all. But I did. I did buy some replica kits from there, so did I have you? two sol. Ideas. So I have two Solihull Borough kits, and one of them was made by Hummel, and it's awesome. Ooh, so nice. White, red with white pinstripes, and the chevrons down the side, like it should do on a Hummel kit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, see, see Aston Villa for details on that one. That was exactly. A, yes. Very, oh, excellent. That's good. I'll just say, if you, have you seen much kind of non-league? Because I'm a bit, a bit of a newcomer to the whole non non-league thing or lower league and all that kind of stuff. But non-league particularly, um, I came to it fairly recently. But having um, gone to one or two matches, I completely embraced it. It was just such a more um, direct. Um, engagement with with the game you're watching for me I just it, it sounds obvious really but um, you know f- for a start you're not having to kind of you know hack your leg off and sell it to medical research to pay for a ticket you know for you know you can just sort of for five pounds or ten pounds or whatever just 
get in and, and it's it's no fuss. You haven't got all that kind of corporate bullshit and, you know, commercialization. It's just all that stripped out and you just go through your turnstile and there you are, you're standing on, you know, standing at a, a barrier or something with a with about, I don't know, no more than about 50 other people. As you say, you can go anywhere in the ground and you hear all the noises of the ball being kicked and the players speaking and the ref you know, admonishing a, a player and all that kind of stuff. I just love all that. I just wish I'd discovered it all the more earlier, actually, because um, um, I think the first, well, I don't know about the first, but certainly a, a recent opportunity I had to um, to see a non-league game was um, a good friend of mine, a fellow blogger and podcaster. I'm not sure if you've actually met him, actually. Rich, you might have done. Uh, Gary Andrews. Um, he was working for ITV at the time, and it was a year, a few years ago, when they got the rights to show FA Cup games. And they did the brilliant thing of actually starting their coverage um, right from the quali- first qualifying round, I think it was, or something like that. They were putting highlights on the web, and then they started showing like the first round proper on, on TV, which BBC never used to do. Uh, anyway, when they got the deal to show the FA Cup games, they sort of did a big launch down at Wembley FC, which is just down the road from Wembley uh, Stadium, naturally enough. And they had the FA Cup trophy down there. And uh, Gary very kindly invited me to go along and um, and enjoy the day. And um, it was a lovely day, actually, going to see it. And, it just, and that was, if not the first time I'd been to see a non-league game, it was one of the first uh, opportunities. And it was a lovely, lovely ground where Wembley FC play and um, had, a, had a wonderful day. So if you've got a local team, needless to say, uh, near where you live, then go see them and and, and enjoy non-league. If you're only used to going to see uh, you know the the big clubs, your your big league team, then it's it's a it's a wonderful way to watch football. The other great thing with non-league is that when you're watching it, you get the feeling you could just run onto the pitch and you're <laughs> yes. just as good as them. <laughs> you, Absolutely, you wouldn't, of course, but it, it does look a lot. I mean, like a lot of the time, some of it is very much kick and rush. Depends, obviously, which level of non-league you're watching. If you yeah. conference, then I suspect it's a damn sight better than where. Solihull Borough were <laughs> absolutely um, but one thing I was going to say actually was if one thing that struck me about watching football is uh, and it this springs from um, I was going to say how early have you left the match and the reason I was going to say that was because I actually left the match at half time <gasps> but that's half only time. because it was it was again it was Solihull Borough and it was absolutely freezing again it was winter <laughs> and I had the two I had I had all three of my kids actually with me and they were just freezing and it was just they were bored out of their minds we i think we were sitting in the main stand and it was just so unbelievably cold that i just said to them i said it got to half time and i said should we just go and they were like, yes please you know so I said, and I, normally i wouldn't do that i think it, i mean if it had been a cold match i wouldn't have left but it was just like you know kind of i think someone had already broken his leg right in front of us as well so it kind of, the omens weren't great and i just thought no this is this is just ridiculous we were all just and we, it, it was so cold it was actually painful um, and yes. i'm trying to think other than that because there's a big thing about people leaving matches early now, i was gonna I, say yeah i personally have never left a match i think the i might have done it once i think it was a i think oh, i want to see a league cup match once something like fourth round or something and it was one of these like kind of tuesday night ones mm. and i didn't leave early i did stay till the end but I, I had to get back uh so what i did was i kind of went and stood in the uh the sort of the gangway or whatever like yeah. where the steps are or uh, well, you'd have been popular fermentary. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I did get told to move. But <laughs> what I then did was um, 
went down those steps, walked along to the next vomitory and went up those steps and stood there <laughs> for about a minute until the other guy told me to be one. I did that twice, I think, and then the match finished. So I watched the last sort of 90 seconds of a match. I kind of missed about 10 seconds of it, walking between walkways. Um, but other than that, I've, I've never left the match early because I just don't, I don't do that. I, I just don't understand. I know this whole thing about, you know, kind of, oh, I need to get to the car and everything, but I just... Don't get it. It's, to me, it's just hmm. an odd thing to do. You go to—I mean, you wouldn't walk out of a play early, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. or a film. I mean, okay, you could say, well, because you want to see what happens. You know, you need to know what happens at the end. But it's like, okay, yeah, if you're being beaten nine nil or something, um, but it's just like, you know, you still might score. You still something still might yeah. happen. It's just there's something to me that's just odd about leaving early. It just—I mm. don't know. It's like, what would you bother going for if you're not going to stick it out? Yeah, yeah. I, I must be. I've left early a couple of times in the very early days when I started going on my own to West Ham, uh, and the, the only reason for that was just because, um, again, anyone will know uh, that's kind of gone to a match at Upton Park. The queues to get to the nearby tube station are just horrific. I mean, they just go on for miles, and, and sometimes they just shut the station down altogether, and and you sort of think, oh, well, great. So then you find like you've got to hike. You know, a few miles to you know Plasto or somewhere or somewhere nearby, but um, but the, the the queues they what they often used to do certainly back in days of yore is that um, the actual station Upton Park Station um, has several entrances, but they would sort of shut a couple of the doors, so you, so you had like half of East London trying to get through one doorway, and the queues would just go back for miles, and so I think a couple of times I just sort of left a few minutes early for what that was worth, because of course a lot of people had the same idea. And it didn't get you much, you know, didn't get you home very much earlier or anything like that. But um, but certainly in latter years, as you say, you just sort of think, actually, yeah, I've got my ticket. I've paid my, my ticket. God knows I've paid enough for it as well. So I'm going to stay here to the, to the end and uh, you know, get my m- money's worth and, and just enjoy the experience. So, yes, absolutely. That's a, a sentiment I now share in my more adult years. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do tend to sort of, as I've, as I've mentioned, I do tend to sort of, leave as soon as the final whistle goes mm. you know but, but that's again usually because i'm parked or something the queues i mean even now you know in a modern ground which is out of town getting mm-hmm. out of the rico i mean that's the, the, the stupid thing is that with highfield road because you walked out it wasn't a problem because mm. people walked out and there was nobody parked around well some people i think parked in the streets around but then they had great fun getting out but you know most of us had parked you know in town or something so mm. you'd walk out and of course people will walk at the same pace they don't, they don't queue at junctions and stuff so generally you'd walk straight out of the ground and be you know just walking and then you get to your mm. car by the time you get to your car because everyone's in different car parks you're you'd, clear you'd of just everyone, be able yeah. to drive straight out you know and it's, yeah. it was that easy whereas like say, <laughs> now ironically as most people are actually parked in the local area somewhere the queues to get out are just horrendous oh. and mm. generally people don't let you out and it's just horrendous and ugh. Yeah. Yes, and then of course, and then of course, what you do get is you get all the people trying to cross the the road, um, and you're basically where the Rico is. It's like I'm just coming up on a on a sort of dual carriageway, and it's coming up mm. to the M6, um, and there's a right there's a big roundabout where you come off to the Rico, and there's like a bridge going over it to the car park, but also on the road there's a crossing, so of mm. course it's an incredibly busy road anyway. Yes, and then yeah. they've stuck a, a a pedestrian crossing across it. So at the end of the match, you could be sitting at that oh. junction for, for ages because obviously there's a constant stream of people. And what they do is, because it's a constant stream of people, is that 
they don't stop. They just keep walking. So even when the lights are on green, you'll still get a load of people walking across <laughs> yeah. because they just think, well, nobody's actually going to go while I'm walking. So, <laughs> yeah. so you could just literally be sitting there for ages. Thankfully, I go the other way out of there um, so I don't get caught there. But it, it just, I mean, it's, the, where the car park I park is, there's literally just one route in and one route out. And it's it's the major sort of crossroads because you've got the Tesco sort of shopping centre on the other side, which is like a big arena. Yeah. Um, that's like an arena park, and it's like the, the most of the traffic is either going up the road or to Tesco. So you're actually in the kind of the the least prioritised um, entrance and exit. So you mm. could be sitting there for absolutely ages, just waiting to get out. <laughs> Lovely. So it's great fun. Yeah. Yes. Watch your life drift <laughs> by. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Sitting there listening to the uh, people on the radio discussing <laughs> Coventry's latest defeat. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, I'll change the subject before we, <laughs> we get too depressed on that thought. Um, what about your favourite sort of grounds other than uh, Coventry grounds? Uh, what are the best places you've been to for, say, away games or or just non-Coventry games? Which uh, which places do you like best? Um, that would be none. <laughs> none? <laughs> Nef- I've never been to an away game. Ooh, oh no! I've not been to an away game, but I didn't know if you've been to any other grounds well, as a result. Our, of... In terms of grounds, all I've ever been to is Highfield Road, the Rico, Solihull Burrows Ground, Damson Park, um, and Wembley. And ah. I think that's it. I don't think I, I've been anywhere else. And that would have that been the old Wembley? No, that would be the new, new one. one. Oh, okay. Never went. Never went to the old one. Uh, I did. I did. I count myself lucky. I had, and I even had a chance to go to the new one as well. With the, um, back in oh, I don't know, a few years ago, when I was blogging, um, I somehow managed to get into the sort of loop of people. Um, I think the, the the kind people at Umbro um, sort of discovered the fact that I was kind of tweeting about these various articles I was writing, and they actually, um, on a couple of occasions, offered me the chance to go and see uh, an England game at Wembley, and I just couldn't get there because it was midweek and it was just the other side of London and just wasn't able to go, and I'm, I kind of regret it now. I'd like to have gone to the new Wembley before I left the UK, as I did uh, nearly a year ago, so that was a shame. But the old Wembley was great. Um, I must admit, I did enjoy that. I went, um, I went to see... Uh, a World Cup qualifier there once in about 93 I think it was England Poland and I was kind of at one end of the ground for that sort of behind one of the goals uh, that was quite a nice uh, nice evening and I also went really, this is really strange something that's just occurred to me in the last hour or so um, I've forgotten all about it um, a friend of mine when I was about I don't know 17 something like that managed to get tickets to one. Uh, uh, it was an Ensley League uh, end of season playoff match, uh, Ensley League. Um, yes, um, pause for effect. Um, and because the, they used to do a lot, obviously now they do the um, they over a bank holiday weekend, a three day weekend. You have the sort of playoff games for each division, and we he ended up getting tickets from somewhere. Maybe they were just giving them away um, for. I don't know if it was Swindon. I get the impression it was Swindon against somebody, um, and he sort of said, "Oh, I've got a couple of tickets. You fancy coming along?" I was like, "Oh." Um, Okay, who are we going to see? Uh, Swindon. Oh, good, excellent. Yes, I'd have picked them as well, yes. Um, and, and off we went and had really good seats, as it turned out. It was just, I think it was just like a, a low demand for the, for the tickets. I don't know what year that would have been, maybe about 94 or something, I'm, I'm thinking. But, um, and that was good. Um, so, yeah, loved, loved uh, Wembley from what I remember it so I mean I've I didn't think I'd been to many other grounds other than West Ham but I've been to a few been to Tottenham got a friend of mine's a Tottenham fan 
and went to see Tottenham matches on a on a few occasions. Funnily enough, I think the first time that was a, a Tottenham v Swindon match on that that one season they had in the Premier League, whatever year that would have been. Again, maybe about ninety four, ninety five ish was that? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Early nineties. Um, yeah. Early nineties. Yeah. Um, got a picture of Teddy Sheringham in the car park for, for what that's worth. Um, I won't put that on the website because. No one will think anything of it, quite rightly. <laughs> um, uh, Colchester United I went to in an FA Cup match with uh, Terry DeFellon, Graham Sibley, Gary Andrews again. And also with those three fine folk, I went to Dortmund. Actually went to Germany and watched uh, a match at the Westfalen Stadium, stadium uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, where I had a long weekend over in Germany. And that was just... I mean, if you ever get the chance to go to Germany... And see a match, that's the place to go. Because the atmosphere and the noise and the colour was just unbelievable. It was just like on another level. So I can thoroughly recommend going to Dortmund. Uh, that was great. Um, and then just sort of mentioning like non-league football earlier on, uh, went with um, Terry DeFellon and Graham Sibley to their local non-league team, which is Whiteleaf. And that had a lovely atmosphere. It was a lovely little ground. That And uh, again, just able to just soak up the football Right, sort of that spitting distance from where the game's going on. Not that I did any spitting, you understand. That was, I was just using that as a phrase. Um, so, yes, all very good. Um, I've, ju- I've just remembered that I have been to one of the football grounds, but it wasn't for a match. It wasn't for, any- it wasn't for anything. I think I've mentioned this before. It was yeah. on, on my honeymoon. <laughs> oh, right. And I went to the Stade de France. Oh, did you? Oh, that's good. No, you haven't mentioned that. I don't don't remember you you saying that before. Oh, right, yeah. No, it was, um, yeah, I wanted to see it while we were there. Because we we went on honeymoon in Paris. And I thought, well, while I'm here, I want to see the Stade de France. So we went there on a a Monday afternoon. um, Excellent. Kind of a muggy day. Very hot, but felt very muggy. And we went went to the ground. And it's it's really weird. It's in the middle of a business park or something. It's just, Mm. there's nothing around it. It's just offices and stuff. It's really bizarre found the place um worked out once we got off the train that our ticket was for the underground and that the, that basically goes out of town so we didn't mm. actually have tickets so we couldn't get through the barrier so we did what i know everyone else was doing there as well just hopped over the barrier because it was non-man <laughs> <laughs> um and then and then went to the side of france we went into this sort of the gift shop area had a look around and and basically conversed in well joke converse in french i Mm-hmm. pigeon English and they basically said well the next with the, there's only one tour left um, but it's not starting for another half hour but you're welcome to go up and just have a look around and just wait for the tour Yeah. so we went up into the into the stands and just stood around looking I think there'd been a concert there or something because it was halfway through being dismantled at one end so a load of seats were missing and there was a load of rigging up and stuff Yeah. just standing around in this stadium that's like completely empty and it's very great it's really dull actually the stuff in France it looks, yeah. it looks really good it looks like it might be exciting and stuff well <laughs> like that sort of thing um <laughs> but you get in there and it's just great all the seats are great and it just looks really dull yeah. so we were standing there for about 15 minutes and in the end i just said to joe i said look i'm really not that bothered about this i don't care about seeing the dressing rooms or anything so <laughs> i just said let's just go <laughs> so it just left and then we were wandering around in the middle of this business park because we had no idea where we, where it was and didn't know where the train station was we tried to phone for a taxi it was like they have little um taxi rank phones where, mm-hmm. we, where we were and so we thought, well, just, you know, we'll use that. But the lines were dead, so I don't know what the hell was going on. So we couldn't get out. So in the end, I think we, we managed to ask someone in the cafe and I'd say, well, where the hell's the train station to get back? Because it wasn't the same one that we came in on. Um, 
So, so I think the train station that we got off was about four miles away. So, so it was a long walk there. And eventually we found the train station and got home. And, and it was just like, I think it was that that made us then reevaluate our list of things we wanted to do. Because we'd, we'd made this big list of all the sites that we wanted to see when we got there. And after about three days, we were just so frazzled by walking around and the place being so busy. And we yeah. just especially just ended up crossing about 70% of the list off going, yeah, well, I've seen it, you know, on, in a picture. I'm not really that bothered about seeing it up close. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there were a whole load of things that we wanted to go and see, and we just abandoned it, purely, I think, triggered by the visit to the Stade de France. What a waste Ooh. of an afternoon. Oh, dear, that's a shame. I, d- a... I did get a model of it, though, so that was nice. Oh, well, not, not all was lost then, in that case. No. <laughs> <coughs> no. I, had, I had a kind of similar thing, not quite sort of going into a stadium, but just um, it was in the early days when I just met my wife and we'd gone over for a short trip to Barcelona and a friend of mine had been about um, six months before and so I said, oh, he said, you must go to the stadium. He said, you just go in there, you do a tour and it's amazing and blah, 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 gift shop, the, all, you know, the whole thing. And um, I sort of thought, oh, you know, well, that'd be quite nice. Obviously, when, when in Rome, <clears throat> he says, using a poorly chosen metaphor. Um, and... But, on, there was this one day we got on one of those tourist buses, um, you know, sitting on the top deck and, you know, commentary, earphones, you know, all the kind of thing yeah. you normally get. And um, and sure enough, it went past the stadium. And I thought, should I get off now? Would it would it jeopardise our friendship and our relationship if I actually <laughs> said, come on, dear, we must get off the bus at this particular juncture? And I, just, I didn't have the, the, the balls, frankly, to do it. And I just thought, <laughs> I've got to be on my best behaviour. I've got to show that there's there's more to my life than just football. How wrong I was. Um, <laughs> so So I saw the stadium going past and very nice it was too. Um, similarly, I went to Bilbao actually in 2007, and everyone was talking about the stadium in uh, that um, Athletic Bilbao play at, which the locals call the Cathedral. I think they've just, um, uh, I don't think they're rebuilding uh, and they're kind of knocking it down now. I think to, to build a new stadium somewhere else, uh, which is a shame. I think I've got that right. Um, but right. yeah, uh, the San Mames Stadium. And everyone sort of said, oh, you must go to the stadium. No, sorry, missed that one as well. Sorry. Uh, you know, I'm trying to show to people that I'm, yeah, I've got a wide range of interests. It's not all about football, you see. Must change that way of behaving. I'm missing out on all these experiences. Uh, anyway, uh, we've not got much time left before we have to shut down this particular podcast, but we've got a few messages uh, once again. Um, I'll read them out. Basically about grounds, a bit like we were just saying, actually. Um, uh Wayne Thomas William Garcia said, um, best away ground uh, by a long way. Roker Park, sadly gone. Great character. And yes, indeed, I've heard similar things about Roker Park. One of those grand old names from the past uh, that you wish you could bring back. But uh, there we are. Um, also, another message from David. Is that right, uh, Rich? It is. Go on. Oh, so do, do read, it, read it. If you don't mind. <laughs> sorry, I didn't get the clue there. Uh, it says, uh, he says, my local ground. He's this is watching every sorry. This is David <coughs> Posser Calderon, who uh, we we need to say the exact full name because it be, could be anybody. David. This is this is slick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, David Posser Calderon. Sorry, <laughs> he says. He says my, oh. he says my local ground. Uh, watching every two Sundays to my team in the fourth division, amateur level. Uh, it's going at four o'clock, getting my season ticket, watching the same old faces, insulting the referee, and suffering a poor level of football and the pain of not getting promoted to third division. Sounds oh. like cob. Uh, he says sometimes I go to the neighbouring towns and watching the mo- almost the same level of football. <laughs> so that doesn't oh. sound like a particularly great experience. Shame. Um, and the last one we had was Sean Flanagan. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that one right. Um, <laughs> he says Lansdowne Road in the singing section in the south stand 
is given free reign to stand up and enjoy ourselves without having to listen to bar stoolers and stewards asking us to sit down. Ah, oh, and that true. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. It's, you know, it's not just going to see the match, but it's also going to enjoy the experience of being at the match, and that's what it's all about. And the less interference from officials that you get, I think, the better it is for everybody. Frankly, so there we go. But anyway, thank you very much indeed to all of you for for sending in your messages. Uh, very uh, pleased to have received those. And uh, of course, if you want to continue the discussion, uh, drop us a line. Maybe on uh, on Facebook or on Twitter, just uh, Google Football Attic. I'm sure you'll find all our connections on there. Or maybe just uh, drop us a line, a comment, maybe on the website, which is www.thefootballattic.com. Uh, we'd uh, be only too pleased to hear from you if you want to um, give us some more of your anecdotes about uh, watching football in person. Tell us where you've been and uh, what your experiences were. That would be superb. Um, let's see, how are we doing for time? We're all right, I think. We're better better close things down um got any plans to go and see coventry where they're playing now rich what northampton mm. um no <laughs> he said tentatively I <laughs> no i don't um yeah. but actually on that point uh, my personal take on it is i don't have any problems with people who are going to watch coventry at northampton because mm. at the end of the day they're supporting the team like, absolutely no let's face it no Cov fan wants us to be in Northampton. It's no. not like the people who are going to Northampton are saying, we agree with this. That's a ridiculous point of view. Anyone that's going to Northampton to watch Cov is going because they love the team, they've followed them for years, and they don't see why they shouldn't be able to do that. They don't mm. agree with where it is, but they can't change that, and why should they stop going to see it? So there's, it's, it's kind of frustrating as a Cov fan because you've seen there's like this real split down the middle, and you think, hang on a minute, one minute the common enemy was either ACL or Sisu, you know, the mm. people in charge of it all, and now we're in. Now we're in fighting, you know. And it's kind mm. of to want, for want of a better word, you know, from their point of view, that's divide and conquer. It's like it's great for them, you know, for yes. the people in charge because they can just go, ah, good, they're in fighting now. So we'll just, you know, we'll just mm. keep dividing these dots of fans up, and then we only have to deal with half of them because only half yeah. of them like dislike us. The other half like the other party. And it's just like, mm. ah, it's just frustrating because you just look at the bigger picture, you know, and yep. accept the fact that we are where we are. Nobody likes it. And, and going along, and I, I'm, at the same time, I agree with not one penny more campaign, but at the same time, we're all humans, we all have our own viewpoints. Yes. And actually, giving it, you know, abusing people for going to the Supporting the team. Or, you know, yeah, but I mean, abusing people for not going to support them and abusing people for going to support them at Northampton achieves nothing. Hmm. It just divides us further. Sorry, I've been on my soapbox there. No, no, I, I hear, hear to all of that. I totally agree with all of that. Well said. And I think on that um, forthright note, we should uh, bring this podcast sadly to an end. Uh, but uh, thanks very much indeed for listening in. Uh, do uh, keep watching the skies, as they say, for, for more podcasts coming up in the future. And uh, check out our back catalogue of previous podcasts as well on iTunes, Square One Football Radio, and all kinds of other places. Uh, but uh, for the time being, until next time, from myself and from Rich, it's a fond farewell. Goodbye. Goodbye.